that you give Dale the words to speak. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, flow right through him, Lord, that we would hear your words, and Lord, that you would penetrate each and every one of our hearts, and Lord, that we would uh, be willing to see areas in our hearts that are, are, are not in line with you. Father, where are you taking us? Father, who are we seeking? Father, we just, we, we want, we desire to live a life for you. Mm-hmm. But what are the choices we make? Is that taking us a direction of life with you or a life away from you? Reveal our hearts, Father. In name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Seth. Good morning. <laughs> the question that Seth asked is a very good question. Who are you seeking? Now, if, you, if that question is asked to you, it's probably pretty easy for you to think what should be your answer. If someone asks you, who are you seeking? The good question should be, I'm seeking God, right? Should be. Now, the next question I want to ask you, what in this past week did you do that showed God or others that you're seeking him. Is there anything you did this past week that showed your spouse or your children or your neighbor that you're seeking after God? Oh yeah, we say we want to seek God. But the question that Seth asked this morning, are you seeking God? It's a yes or a no question. You're seeking God or you're seeking something else besides God. Good stuff. Thank you so much, for Seth, for, for uh, leading out this morning and PJ for leading worship as well. The, the Sovereign Over Us song, special. So true. God is so sovereign. And sometimes we want to put ourselves in not... Get caught by your foot, let me tell you that. We don't want to get caught up in our foot, by our feet, in a cord. Although Satan likes to trap us with cords, right? Satan has cords all over for us to get trapped in. And if we're not careful, we'll do just what I did and get your, your, your foot caught in a cord. Sovereign over us, I'm glad for God's sovereignty. Because God is sovereign. He knows what he's doing. I still don't quite understand. I still don't see the whole picture. This past Monday was two years since Damien died. The Sovereign Over Us, and and a lot of you know that, that was one of Damien's favorite songs. He sang that. At 15 years old before he died of cancer. But I I look at this and I still see the sovereignty of God in that situation. God is still sovereign. He is still good. No, I don't see the whole picture yet. Why, God, did you only allow my nephew to live for 15 years? It doesn't make sense. But yet God sees things that I don't. God is completely sovereign. So I'm so glad that we have an almighty God that is sovereign. Because if he wouldn't be, that wouldn't end up very well either. So I praise God this morning for his sovereignty. God is so good. No matter what situation you're in this morning. God is good. God is sovereign. 
Uh, before we get into the message, uh, how many of you are staying for lunch? Everyone is invited to stay for lunch, but we want to make sure we have enough of food. So, uh, if you're staying for, and everyone is invited, you're more than welcome, we'd love if you'd stay. If you're going to stay for lunch, raise your hand, okay? And I'm going to do a count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, About 25 adults is what I counted, because there was a number of people here that are not staying. So uh, run with that. All right, yeah, so we are looking forward to, I'm looking forward to lunch. Mike, uh, Mike smoked something. What did you smoke? Pippies. Pippies. <laughs> so you're going to have to explain to me what that is because I didn't know what that is. Pit beef. Pulled pork. Pulled pork. Awesome. All right. So we have a lunch here, and that's also uh, for, the, uh, for the Tuesday Church staff. I know some of you are here because you're Tuesday Church staff. And I just want to honor you this morning and say thank you for what you did this past semester in teaching children and spending time with children and, and, and just pouring into the children's lives. Uh, it makes a difference. It really does. By you taking your Tuesday evenings, and you could be doing something else, but you chose to take your Tuesday evening and focus on children um, interact with them, encourage them, pray for them, show them the love of Jesus, pray with them. Uh, that's phenomenal. And so I commend each one of you that were involved in Tuesday Church. Thank you for what you did. And that is uh, some of the, the reason we have this lunch here today is appreciation lunch for you as well. But the rest of the church gets in on it. So thank you for, for what you do at Tuesday Church, what you did in the lives of the children. It really makes a difference. It does. Uh, in, in sharing the love of Jesus with them. So, this morning, the title of the message... Wow, we're going to have to go quick here, but we can do this. Uh, the title of the message is North, South, East, and West. Okay? Four words. But if I could sum it up in one word, it's called direction. And it ties right along to what Seth started out with this morning is who are you seeking? And so my question to you is, what is your direction? Okay, so we're, gonna, we're just going to put this up here. So we have north, south, east, and west. If you go north, you're going completely opposite direction of south, right? If you go south, you're going complete opposite direction of north. Some direction you go, you're going complete opposite of another direction. Now, you can, you know, go northwest. You can go, that's a direction as well. So we're going to talk about direction this morning. And I'm going to start by looking at a story in Genesis chapter 12. I'm not going to dive into this story a whole lot because I think a lot of us know this story. But we're going to look at this story and we're going to look at direction and the importance of direction in Genesis chapter 12, it says this, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. 
and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth be blessed. So this is great. Okay, we have Genesis chapter 12 starts out with the Lord speaking. So when the Lord speaks, guess what? It's good to pay attention, right? And listen. Abraham was doing that. God was speaking. Abraham was listening. How do we know Abraham was listening? Because he did what God told him to do. So God is speaking. Abraham is listening. God tells him what to do, and he does it. Do you see a direction is starting to form here? It comes out of God speaking. Abraham's listening. God tells him where to go, and he goes. And we know the story. Most of us probably know the story here. God gave him very clear instruction on where to go. And he went. So Abraham was obedient to what God said. Now, we have this guy, his nephew. Lot is also in the story here. Somewhere along the line, it doesn't say exactly, but somewhere along the line, Lot heard that Abraham's moving and Abraham's going. And so Lot decides that he's going to go along as well. If you look on down through the, uh, in, in verse 4, chapter 12, verse 4, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. So Lot gets drift of this. Hey, Abraham's going. I'm going to go along. I don't know if Abraham asked him to. We, it, it doesn't say. But we do know that Lot went with him. So Lot made a choice that he's going to go this direction as well with his obedient 75-year-old uncle. And on a journey they went. And I think a lot of us know that story. If you keep going on in chapter 12, they left, they moved, they went to Bethel. They experienced a famine. After they experienced a famine, we come into chapter 13. Chapter 13 says this, Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with them again. So here we have Abram and his wife and everything. They're moving again, and Lot's still going along. He's still choosing to go along. Verse 2 says, he was very rich. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and gold. I think this was quite a journey. Verse 3, it says, he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to a place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai. Uh, so this was quite a moving experience for them, I'm sure, because he had a lot of stuff. And so a lot of stuff had to be moved. And I was reminded again how much it takes to move. We have our, yesterday, uh, we had neighbors move into our, our house down in Parkview that got sold a couple months ago. It just takes a lot of work. They come in with a truck and trailer. There's people carrying stuff in. A lot of work to move. Anyway, so Abram's moving again, and Lot's going with them. And they went from the south as far as Bethel, uh, and then went down between Bethel and Ai. Now, verse 5, Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and tents and herds. Now, verse 6 says, they had, The land was not able to support them they, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. So they had so much stuff, they didn't have enough of land for. A problem? 
Yeah, it is a problem. But that wasn't the only problem. Their herdsmen, it says, started, there was strife between them. They started fighting. They started not getting along. And I don't know what all this did to Abram, but in verse 8, Abram said to Lot, he said, please let there be no strife between you and me, between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we're brothers. Is not this whole land before you? Please separate from me. So Abraham's all right. This isn't working. We're going to have to make a choice. We're going to separate. Lot, we're going to separate. And so if you read down through the passage there, verse 9, Abram says to Lot, Is not this whole land before me? Please, before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So, Lot has a decision to make. Either he's going to go left or right. It's a big decision. One way or the other is what Abram is asking Lot to choose. So Lot makes a decision. This choice that Lot is making is very crucial at this moment. Does he realize it? I don't know how much he recognized it, but it's a very important decision. But we come to this decision to this point sometimes as well. As individuals, as families, that we have to make a choice. We're going to go this way or we're going to go this way. And the direction that we go is going to bring different consequences. So what did Lot do? Uh, verse 11 then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and he journeyed east, and they separated from each other. So let's just say this is east. So Lot went this way. He saw the, the plain, the land. It looked really good. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were over here. It says he chose for himself that plain, and he journeyed east and they separated themselves. And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and they dwelt in the cities of the plain. But then it said, Lot pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. I don't know how much Lot knew about Sodom. It doesn't say. I would guess that he knew that it wasn't a good place. That it's a pretty wicked place. Nevertheless, that's the choice that he made. He chose to pitch his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. He started going that direction. And guess where he ended up at? He chose to go towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Surprise, surprise, he ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah. He ended up going the direction that he chose. Was it a good direction? No. But it was his choice. He chose that direction. He ended up living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he ended up experiencing the lifestyle and losing basically everything he had because of that choice. 
that the, the, the choice, the direction that he chose right here to go that way cost him dearly. It cost him his family, his wife, friends, all his possessions were all gone. Back to a choice that he made. You'd think at some point, Lot on his way here would figure some things out and like, wait a second, is this really where I want to go? Do I really want to end up in Sodom and Gomorrah? I think he was single. The Bible doesn't say for sure. It just says Lot. It talks about his wife later after he was living in Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know for sure. Maybe you guys uh, that are Bible scholars know more. I think Lot probably found his wife in Sodom and Gomorrah, from what I read. But so as a single guy going towards Sodom and Gomorrah, if you would have asked Lot, Lot, do you really want your wife to come from Sodom and Gomorrah? Is that what you want? Do you really want to raise your family in Sodom and Gomorrah? Is that really what you want? And so I want to ask us the question this morning. The direction, is the direction that we're going the direction that we want to go? The destination where we want to go, are we heading that direction? I know there's a lot of singles here this morning. Is, does your future spouse, do you want to get him from the direction that you're heading? We have a lot of us families here with young children. Do we want to raise our family in the direction and the destination where we're headed? Is that what we want to do? It's a choice that we have. Lot had a choice. We have a choice. Sodom and, th th this area here, Sodom and Gomorrah, I believe, I also believe in the law of sowing and reaping. By Lot going over here and living here, the seeds that he sowed, he's going to reap what he sowed, right? We're constantly sowing seeds. And it's going to make a difference whether we sow our seeds over here or if we sow our seeds over here. The harvest is going to be different. If us as families, I'm going to use myself as an example. If us as a family choose to go this direction, we're going to reap what's in that culture, that era, that time, the seeds that are sown there, we're going to reap from that. If we go this direction, we're going to reap from that. It's a choice that we have. And it's a choice that must be made. So what direction are you going? Where do you really want to end up at? Take a moment and just think a little bit about the past. Your parents, your grandparents, they made choices. 
my parents used to be Amish. And a number of yours have as well, but it's, not, it's neither here nor there. But I look back at the choices that my parents made. The decisions that they made affected me greatly. The decisions that us as parents make will affect our children and grandchildren greatly. So where do we want that to be? I see a lot of reacting going on right now from places that we know we don't want from our parents, our grandparents. Oh, we just didn't like that. And so we completely react and we completely go the opposite direction where I think, and not I think, I know, we would be wise to stop and say, wait a second. Do we completely want to throw away everything that's over here? Do we completely want to change directions? Because there's an awful lot of good over there that our parents and our grandparents had that is very valuable. And I see people just throwing it away out of reaction and just starting to go the other direction. If they go another direction, guess what? They're going to end up in the direction. They're going to end up in the destination that they're heading, the direction that they're going. It's important. This is very important on where you want to end up at. Jen's dad, uh, Leonard, I just talked to him last night about this because he grew up in Iowa. And when his mom and dad, his mom and dad were married Amish, and then about a year after they were married, uh, they left the Amish. But when Jen's dad was 11 years old, his dad chose to move the family from Iowa up to Hayward, Wisconsin, like completely moving their family from one community up to another community. Leonard was 11 years old at that point. This was a pretty big deal. And so I asked him, I said, Leonard, what was the main motive? What was the number one thing that caused your dad that made him want to move from Iowa to Wisconsin? The number one thing was in their community, in their church at that point, he did not like some of the things that were going on. And he didn't want to raise his family there. And so he chose to take his family from what they knew was home and move them to a complete other area. That's setting a direction. And taking your family to something that you see you don't want. That was a big deal to move a family up there all the way up there. And he said, he said, you know, I wonder sometimes what would have happened if I would have stayed in Iowa? It's a question, a great question. He'll never know the answer. But I look at him today, a very good, godly man. I respect him greatly. I love him as my father-in-law. But his dad made a choice, set a direction on the course of where he wants to raise his family. Let's talk about Peter. Wait, just in the last five minutes here, let's talk about Peter a little bit. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. 
This guy hung out with Jesus. I mean, he was like this with Jesus, right? We know this, most of us know this story. When Jesus said, hey, Peter, this was just before uh, Jesus was crucified. He said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. I don't know Peter's reaction, but I'm pretty sure it was probably pretty bold. No way. You've got to be kidding. You're out of your mind. There's no way I'm going to deny you, Jesus. There's no way. Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. After that, Peter left Jesus. He chose to walk away from Jesus and join this crowd of people over here. When he was in this crowd of people, he did what he said he would never do. He denied Jesus three times. When you're in the wrong crowd, doing wrong comes easy. That's what happened with Peter. He said, I'm never going to do that. But yet when he chose a direction to walk away from Jesus and join this crowd over here, he did what he said he'd never do. So choose your friends wisely. Choose your crowd wisely. Because wrong crowds, when you're in wrong crowds, doing wrong becomes easy. And I'm sure Seth could probably testify this with working with inmates. I'm sure a lot of them probably never, never thought they would end up in prison, never thought they would do what they did. But yet when you're in that crowd and something comes up, you do things you never thought you'd do. It all comes back to direction. What is your direction? Recently, this was a little while ago, I was hearing a guy share his testimony. I don't even remember his name, uh, but he was sharing his testimony. But he told me this, because this is the one thing I remember out of his testimony that when he was talking. He said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Whoa, that was a pretty strong statement. But think about it a little bit. He was talking about his life. He had a, a radical transformation of things that he was involved in. And then he completely got set free and was born again. But he said that, and I believe that's true. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Because if your friends are people like this that Peter was hanging out with, wrongdoing is going to come easy. On the flip side, if you join people over here that are loving God, seeking God, passionate for God, you're going to have a complete different fruit. Choosing a, good uh, choosing a good destination is not the easiest way. I'll tell you. It's not the easiest way. Oftentimes, excuse me, oftentimes it's going to be more difficult. So I want you to be faithful. I want to encourage you to be faithful in setting a good direction. 
with your life. Being very faithful. I remember uh, uh, when I lived in Thailand, the one time we, we took a trip into Myanmar, taking literature in, and we came to their little church. And their church sign, well, it wasn't a big sign, it was just a small sign. Their church sign said this. Be thou faithful unto death. And I will give you a crown of life. That was on their church sign. That's taking commitment to a new level. Being faithful unto death. And I'll give you a crown of life. That's the faithfulness that I'm talking about here this morning. Faithfulness to make good choices to set a good direction, to head toward a good destination, being faithful in making those choices. John 10.10 says this, the thief doesn't come to steal, the 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 thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life. And might have it in the most boring, mundane way. No, that's not what he said. Unfortunately, some people live that way. Jesus says, I'm come that they might have life and have it in the most abundant, amazing way, is what Jesus says. But see, there's a direction that we need to choose. And that's life or death, and they're completely opposite. Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to actually, Matt, pull this up. Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. While he's pulling that up, Richard Norris said this, we are to live until we die. We are each born to live our lives here on earth with a purpose. Sadly, there are many who may be alive, but they aren't really living. They're dead. Their lives are seemingly meaningless. As long as we're here, we're meant to live until we die. And I agree with that. Jesus says, I'm come that they might have life and that you might have it more abundantly to the full. So I'm encouraging you this morning to make good decisions on the direction that you want to go with your life. And think about it. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect your grandchildren. Actually, this verse talks about it. Do you have it there, Matt? Deuteronomy 19. I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 30, 19. And 20, it says this, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. You see what he's saying here? He's saying, I have set before you life and death. They're completely the opposites. Blessing and cursing. Then he says what to choose. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Isn't that awesome? So this is, a big de- this is a big decision. But you choose life, excuse me, that you and your descendants may live. And so I want to bless you this morning as you choose a good direction, choose a good destination. Maybe some of you this morning know that there's something that you're going a direction that isn't good. Maybe you're, you're, you're like Lot and you're, the, this, the Sodom and Gomorrah looks super appealing to you. 
and your direction is that way, I want to cautious you. I want to be want you to be cautious, and I want to warn you. If you're going that way, to stop and turn around, because you can. As long as you have life, as long as you have breath, you can still choose to turn around and head toward a good destination. So God bless you this morning. Uh, as singles, as families, uh, I'm even, for me personally as a pastor, I'm even looking at this as a church right now. It's very important on direction on where we want to go. And so, bless you uh, this morning. Is the food ready? How are we going to do this with the... The food is ready? Uh, probably. <laughs> All right. We're going to have a, a word of prayer. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, I'm also going to pray for the food. When we're finished here, uh, for those of you that are visitors, here's what takes place. Uh, we set up the tables in this area right here. And so we'll move the chairs out, set up the tables, and set up a few tables out in the hallway, and the food will be served out in the hallway. So when the food is ready, you can go through the food line and then come in here and eat it. And then if you can clean up your trash and stuff behind you. That would be awesome. Save some work uh, for us. So next Sunday, I'm excited about next Sunday as well. This all comes as far as direction. You see the guys back there are excited. Uh, AJ, Carlos, uh, where are they all at? Giovanni, um, Gordo, Flacco, five guys next Sunday are getting baptized here next Sunday. So very excited about that. The baptism is going to happen here. We're going to have a tank on the east side of the building. And so there's probably going to be a, a number. They're going to invite some of their friends as well. But so we're, we're very excited with them. I'm excited to be a part of the journey with them and uh, in, in this very important direction. See, they're making a choice. They're choosing direct direction. Baptism is a public confession and saying, I am choosing a direction. I am choosing to follow Christ. I'm doing it publicly. That's what we're talking about this morning is direction. So everyone's invited to come next Sunday as well. I'm excited about that. So uh, we'll have that, uh, that service next Sunday. So let's pray. Thank you so much for coming. And I just want to bless you. And I'm going to ask God that he would give us wisdom and understanding and courage and faithfulness to make good directional decisions because we can choose now I did I want to throw one more thing in here yet if God very clearly tells you to go to Sodom and Gomorrah then you go that's the exception the story of Jonah is a perfect example of that God told Jonah, you go to Nineveh and tell them to repent. Jonah says, no way. <laughs> he drug his feet. Eventually he went there. Jonah knew how wicked it was. But God called him there. So if God is calling you to a Sodom and Gomorrah, it's important to be obedient. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. But if you have a choice, if God allows you to give you a choice, which he does, 
on this important point right here in Lot's life of going this way or this way with your life, with your family. Choose a good direction. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for the story of Lot. And Father, we look at Lot and we see the decisions that he made, the direction that he chose to go, and what happened with him. Father, his decisions cost him dearly. He lost everything, including his wife, his family, his possessions. And Father, we see the life of Abraham then as well. Abraham was obedient to God. Abraham followed after God. And we see the results of Abraham being a father to nations. Completely opposite. And Father, it comes down to the direction that Abram and Lot chose. Father, we have choices. And I'm asking this morning for each person here and each person that's listening that you would reveal to us the direction that we're going. And Father, if the direction that we're going is not the right direction, Father, I'm asking that you would give us the courage to change directions. Lord, I pray that each one of us here, we would start choosing good direction, good destinations. So Lord, help us. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Help us to be faithful in making good choices. Thank you that you're not a God that lets us hang. We sang that song earlier that you're sovereign over us. That you have a plan for us. Your plans are to prosper. You didn't forget about us. You're with us through the fire and the flood. Lord, some of our choices that we make, the direction that we set, bring about some difficult moments, bring about the fire, bring about the flood. But Father, when we're going the right direction, give us the courage to go through those. Because we know that those difficult moments are moments of, can be stepping stones, can be refining, can be purifying. They can be so healthy for us. And so, Father, as we choose and go a right direction when difficult moments come up, help us not to throw in the towel, but to walk through and be courageous. Thank you for each person that's here, Father. I pray a blessing on each person that's here. As we go this week, may we be your hands and feet. Help us to make good decisions. Thank you for this food we're about to eat. Bless the food. Bless the fellowship. May this day honor you. Lord, you're so good. Thank you for what you're doing. We honor you. We bless you. And give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks.